0: Log Talk Radio. All
1: right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. women in the ring. to the two-minute rounds, your hooks and jabs look at female boxing. This is episode number 83, and who would have thought that when we started this show two or three years ago, we would have been in this situation where there really isn't any fights to talk about. No fights have gone down in female boxing for the last a month, I would say, if not a little bit more, and then we don't have anything on the horizon, but (laughs) we do have some Boxing news, and we do have a special guest tonight. Calling in in about 15 to 20 minutes will be none other than the undisputed, undefeated, and unified welterweight champion Ms. Cecilia Breakos from Big Bear, California, where she's holding her camp, getting ready for her defense of Jessica against Jessica McCaskill. With us, like always, from the Bay Area, is Miss Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, how you doing tonight?
2: Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Like good. Yeah. Get through
1: it Yes And from Riverside The Hall of Famer David Avila David, how you doing tonight?
3: Very good uh, Felipe And very good uh, Felipe Good to hear from you Hi.
1: Well Obviously we're all Going through this situation Separately but together uh, Not only us three But everybody out there In our audience As well in the United States And in the rest of the world And you know One thing that That um as we as we start getting back into the groove of things, you know, not so much, you know, normally, of what we're used to doing, you know, but at least figuring out what this whole quarantine thing, this whole stay at home thing is, and now we can go back to doing some of the regular things that we are used to doing. One of them being this show. Uh, we were scheduled to have it last week, but unfortunately, not because of the situation that's on hand, but because my internet was down out here in Tijuana. Baja California Mexico and it's kind of tough to get things fixed around here it's not as easy as you know you make appointments and you expect professionals to keep them and they just don't they just don't show up like the guy that was supposed to show up and fix my uh they gave me a window the window came and went and the guy just didn't show up so I had to go down to the office and find out what's going on and they put a priority on it and they they ended up fixing it it was an easy fix it, they fixed it in 10 minutes, but unfortunately, it was down for about a week, and um, and that, it was last week when we were, we were scheduled to have our show, but we're back on here tonight, and we plan on being on back for the next couple uh, every other week and just talk about whatever's going on in female boxing um, up to that point and what we are living in. Now, obviously, tonight we have a very special guest in Cecilia Breakhouse. It'll be the second time that she is on the show with us, and she's joining us from her camp in Big Bear, California, where she is working with Mr. Abel Sanchez, and we'll talk to her about that. There is a little bit of news that has gone down in female boxing that we could start discussing as we wait for Miss Cecilia Breakhouse. Is it Breakhouse or Break Who's, Davis? Your
3: yes. I think. Brockus?
1: I think Bracus?
3: I'm gonna yeah,
1: ask. you. I think you're right gonna, right here, right here. Well, we should ask her. We should yeah, ask her. we should ask her. i to well, well, you guys can ask her. I, I do the tough questions, so I don't think that's a tough. <laughs> the tough enough question for me. Ask <laughs> her how to pronounce pronounce how her name is. Um, <laughs> but let's start off with a little bit of, uh, of news here, and we could discuss it until we wait for Miss Brockus to call in um it was announced earlier well last month in middle of, the, of last month's march that clarissa shields brother artist mac 28 year old artist mac pled guilty he, he um he got into a plea agreement with the uh the police department of of flint michigan uh for the assault of trainer james alir Bashir. The assault occurred back in October of 2019 at the weigh-in for the fight between Shields and Ivana Havazin who is trained by Alir Bashir. The fight was rescheduled for January since Mr. Ali Bashir could not um, work the corner since he had had to be rushed to the hospital after being attacked. And as we all expected, Shields ended up winning a lopsided unanimous decision and that's where she captured the vacant WBC and WBO super welterweight titles which are two of the six titles that she still holds, because as of right now, she still holds all the middleweight as well. So I, for one, and I'm going to give you my my opinion fairly quickly here, and then we'll go around the table and find out what your thoughts on it. But I'm, I mean, obviously it happened. It was a, it was a bad eye, a black eye for boxing, a black eye for female boxing. Boxing has tons of those of black eyes. But I'm finally... I'm glad that it's the, it's the end of it. He, he came, he, he, you know, he turned himself in. He obviously made a, a, a bad decision. And, um and, and obviously it's the end of it. I just hope that Mr. Alir Bashir can move on from it as well, that he has not suffered any, uh, any uh, results that are going to be long-term for him as far as from this assault, your thoughts, Loopy, on on this news.
2: Uh, It's great that it's come to an end. Um, Yes, it was a black eye for boxing at the beginning on the surface. I mean, it's terrible that it happened. He's an older man. Yeah. He shouldn't have been saying the things he was saying, but you shouldn't cold cock anybody, especially an older man. I mean, um, a lot of people tried to get on Clarissa, saying trying to put blame on her. And sometimes we don't have control over our family members, our team, especially family. It's different than your team. Usually your team's a little bit more put together, but family you can have rogue care characters who go rogue. You know. So, and I know a lot was being said about her, but in the bigger picture, you gotta remember not only she can't control people in her camp or her family members. The bigger picture is. You can't, I mean, what she's been through in her life to get where she is today, I mean, she said it herself, do you know what it took for me to get out of the gutter? I mean, she's not a, you can't say because of what happened, she's a bad person, and you got to look at the whole big picture. But at the beginning, yes, it was a black guy for female boxing, but once people were able to see the whole picture, I mean, the pieces fall, you know, where they may, and now one of the pieces has fallen, and hopefully we can just move on. There's a lot of great things happening in um, professional female boxing right now. In 2020, just kind of blew up, but there was a lot of great things happening in this first quarter.
1: David, now, go ahead, David. Or
3: uh, yeah, I'm like Loopy. Um I didn't understand why people were blaming or or saying anything about Clarissa because I come from a big family myself, of uh, nine brothers and sisters, and we all grew up in the streets of East LA and there's no way I can account for all of them or all of mm-hmm. their actions. And, you know, mm-hmm. we had good and bad. I had a brother I lost yeah. in the streets and, you know, you, you just can't account for them all. Uh, mm-hmm. She was worried about herself, you know, she mm-hmm. was concentrating on a fight and she had no idea what was mm-hmm. going on. So yeah. I, I think that's, this is the end of it. I I just hope that uh, Bashir's a lot better and healthy and that's it.
1: Now, one thing that we do need to clarify is that her brother, Artist Mac, didn't really, as far as we knew, and, I, and she reiterated the fact, is that he didn't really hold an official role in her team. I mean, he's, that's her brother. Obviously, he's proud of her, and he was wearing a, a Team Shields um, jacket, and, and obviously, he was part of her entourage. And obviously, being her brother, he took offense uh, to the things that Mr. Ali Bashir might have been saying um, in a little bit of a face off that they had before the official weigh-in. But as far as we know, and as far as what Clarissa Shields mentioned, it didn't seem like he held an actual official role. I mean, he wasn't like a second trainer or an assistant trainer or a nutritionist mm-hmm. or a strength and conditioning coach or anything of that of that matter. In her team, so he was just there part of her entourage and and this thing happened so like David says, I mean obviously you can't control everybody that is wearing
0: mm-hmm.
1: a team shields jacket and and like you know David mentions sometimes some of those people are, are your family and you know it was the heat of the moment and there's no excuses for it but I think the underlying tone here is that you know it's it's the end of it. He's being punished for something that he shouldn't have done, and now it's time to move on and, and leave it uh, leave it in the past um also earlier this in march in, in middle of March, uh, Delphine pursued the former WBC lightweight champion, and I think she dropped down to one thirty suffered a loss in an Olympic qualifier in London, England. she ended up losing a narrow decision to Greek amateur Nicoletta Pita. Pearson still has a chance to make team to make the the Belgic Belgium uh, Olympic team once action resumes if she is invited to a last chance qualifier. So she's not the only pro boxer, female or male, but mostly female boxers. This is what we uh, focus on that has gone and tried to make the Olympics. Other ones that we know of as well have been. In Mexico has been uh, Jessica Neri-Platas and uh, – how was her name? I forgot this other one that used to be a world champion. Um, but she hasn't fought in a while. But she they ended up losing in their Olympic qualifying uh, amateur fights. Also, uh, current WBA life flyweight champion Jessica Bob also participated in some amateur fights as well as um, former – 140-pound WBC champion Erika Farias. Um, so Pursun loses. I don't think any of the professional female boxers have actually um, advanced to uh, uh, to to get close to qualifying for now, whether they're going to be the 2020 Olympics to be held in the summer of 2021. Have you heard of anybody actually qualifying or going past the first round? Uh, Lupe? No,
2: I haven't. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear them move is haha. But, <laughs> but let me add that I like that but let me add that I I like Erica Farias. I like um and Pursun. I love their style. I love what they do outside the ring, but if you have already and i know that maybe they're amateur it's different now but you already worked your up to the pros i mean you are to the highest so if you can't if you can't reach your dream or somebody stomps out your dream because they beat you so what you're going to go and stomp out an amateur's dream all the work they put in I mean, I mean i don't agree with the pros going to the Olympics
1: um yeah and and one thing and one thing that um that everybody is suspected or a lot of people suspected with these pros trying to make it the amateurs is that the style is completely different. You know, especially a Dofino Pursun or a Jessica Tutibop or a Erika Farias who are used to fighting 10 round fights and know that they have 10 rounds worth of action to build their fight, their strategy, their game plan. Whereas here in the amateurs, there's only three rounds. So, you know these amateur fighters that have been training for the last, you know, five, six, seven, some of them up to ten years, some of them up to even fifteen years, have only fought amateurs. They have not gone pro yet. They never even fought four rounds yet. So they're used to this amateur uh, style. And for a pro that has been fighting ten-round fights for the last four or five, six years, to try to start as fast. As you need to do in an amateur fight, um, they find it very hard, and I think that's what we're seeing as far is as, uh, is in these fighters losing. Like Tutti Bapa, believe she lost. Erika fighters lost in hers. Jessica Neri Platas, um, and they'll few pursued in this case.
2: Can I add something? Um, for a, uh, a lot of it, a lot of pros. Um, such as the ones who already went on. I don't think that they have the boxing IQ as the amateurs do that are coming up today. They just, and that's because they've all paved the way for, you know, and now the amateurs have, they've got it all. They've got the training, they've got the mental training, they've got um, women behind them, teaching them how to act, you know, social media, they've got it all. They just have a lot more knowledge Mm. than those women who are stepping down if I can.
1: Any thoughts on, on that, David? I know that you haven't. You're not a big. Um, you're not a big. You know, you're not. You you don't think that they should be in the in, in the amateurs or trying to qualify for Olympics. I mean, we all made it public here on on the show in previous uh, episodes.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not in favor of any pro being a a participant in the Olympics, just because of the injury factor. You know they're trained to hit harder. Uh, they could hurt one of these amateurs, and it's just it's just not right uh, for pros to be in uh, combat sports uh, as amateurs.
1: Now, now, one thing also, and and how we mentioned um, that she was the WBC um, former lightweight champion is that the WBC is one sanction. The WBA actually has supported. Professional boxers to go into uh, Olympic trials, even so much so that in those fights that Erika Farias and Jessica Tuti Bob had in South America some months ago, there were actually like these. Um, they weren't actually official qualifier fights, but they were um, kind of like, uh, like a like a like a warm up. You know, like a little warm-up tournament, so that they could get some experience back in the amateurs, and it was actually organized by the WBA. But one sanctioning body that has been against pros in the amateurs from the get-go is the WBC. So much so that they actually went public and mentioned that if um, that if a WBC ranked fighter was to participate in these Olympic uh, trials or qualifiers that they were going to be suspended by the WBC for two years. So we'll see if that is the case with Dauphine Persoon, who at one time was the WBC highway champion. Yeah, exactly. I believe that now on our line, we have none other (laughs) but our special guest, Miss Undisputed, Unified, undefeated Welterweight champion, none other than The First Lady, Cecilia Bracus. Let me see if that's her Ooh, it went away What's the area code, David?
3: Well, that area code San Bernardino area code is
1: 909 I don't know
3: if that's the number But if she's calling
2: on WhatsApp It might be different
3: Oh yeah, WhatsApp, yeah
1: yeah. Okay, so it wasn't her, but whoever it was, they had, had decided not to, um, not to come on. So hopefully she calls in. Let's see. if I don't know if it's her. Let's see if it's her. Let's see. Hello, who's this? Well, this is
4: Brian Cohen, Mr. Felipe <laughs> <Bay>
1: Leon. <laughs> hey, Brian, how you doing? The, I'm, I'm fine.
4: Everybody, how's everybody doing?
1: Good, good. Hold on, Brian. Let me put you on hold, real quick. I just want to check what this other call is. One second. Oh who's, yeah, yeah, who's, yeah go ahead. Check the other who's, call. Who's four zero one? Who's calling Four zero one. Anybody? No? Oh. Let me check. One second. I don't know. I don't
4: know. Okay. K O Reese okay. calling in. Okay,
1: so we're gonna wait for Cecilia to come on. Brian, you're calling in. What did you want to talk about? Well,
4: listen, guys. Listen, it's no, it's no secret. You know, of course, she's late calling in. Number one. Number two. Um, I'd like to call in, and, and I hope you guys are going to ask some hard-hitting questions and not just don't be a fluff interview. And, and I want to know why she's fighting girls that are 135 and 140 pounds. Why is she not fighting the Abel McCarter and the Candy Reese's of the world? Um, okay, That's, that's, that's basically some, some of my questions.
1: Okay. Well, we'll make sure that we – I mean, I don't know if – I, I personally in 83 episodes that we've had of the two-minute round where we've had okay. – very special guests, including Miss Cecilia Breakhouse, including yourself. Uh, Callie Reese has actually been on here show before. I don't think that we've ever had an interview that I would call a fluff interview, so I don't think that we'll be <laughs> expecting to have one of those with Cecilia Breakhouse. No, Breakhouse. no, 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 no. But-
4: that, 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 wasn't, that wasn't a dig on you guys. It was a dig on her. She always seems to go around, uh, around the question, you know, kind of like she's sailing around the Statue of Liberty in New York or something like that. She always seems to go around the question and avoid it. I'm not saying you, you guys do ask good questions. You guys do a great job. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of the show, so that's why I'm calling in. It's 1030 well. here on the East Coast, so, I, you know, I stood up to just specifically listen to this because I wanted to hear what she had to say. And um, that's all. You know, uh, I, I just want to state the fact that she, she she was fighting Jessica McCaskill. And to be, to be quite honest with you, who has Jessica McCaskill beat? Jessica McCaskill beat an over-the-hill Erica Farias. and the other girl she beat from Argentina was well past her prime as well. So
1: yeah, but I mean, I mean, hey, let's let's put it in perspective there, Brian. I mean, yeah, she could have been over the hill, but she's still a world champion, and uh, uh, but, and Anna, and Ana Sanchez was also a world champion. So right now, as it sits, Jessica McCaskill. Is a unified super lightweight champion. It doesn't matter who she be because she is, she it's, does hold, hold, hold those two. Hold, hold. Let me let me finish. Not, let me finish. Let me finish. And, she is unified. She's a WBA and WBC world champion. She's not the undisputed. That, yeah, but it's unified. Right. That's the definition of being a unified champion. O- okay, she only so she has two pelts. It. Okay. Okay. So. I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't take credit away from Jessica McCaskill on that note. Now, if you want to critique Cecilia breakhouse of fighting a smaller woman, which Jessica McCaskill is, then that's a valid critique, and we're going to ask her about it, and we're going to see what she has to say about it, you know? But, but I don't think that you could, you could criticize her for fighting uh, a current unified world champion, which is universally known in female boxing as being a very tough out, and Jessica McCaster. I don't think you could critique her about that.
3: I
4: can, actually, and I will. To be honest she's a 132-pounder. She's blown up to 140 pounds, which is fine and is, is great to do. I have the other two champions at 140 pounds who she avoids like she owes them child support. You know, we tried to make the, the match with Eddie Hearn, and Eddie Hearn, uh, Eddie Hearn does the same thing as Tom Lawler. He avoids my phone calls as well. Um, You know, some say I might be a little abrasive when it comes to these things, but these are just my opinions, okay? Espeche was well past her prime, too. And you have to look at it, guys. Whenever the Argentinians make their way over here to the United States, they get beat. Cecilia Bruckhaus fought here in the United States and got exposed. When when these fighters from overseas – hold on, let me me finish. When these fighters from overseas come over, they usually either
1: get exposed or get beat. Okay, but Brian, that's something, that's a crazy thing for you to say, because you say you have one of the other 140 pound champions, who is Mary McGee, and who did she beat to get that IBF title?
4: It was a vacant title, it was a it was was the,
1: but who did she beat? And who, where's she from?
4: I, I, exactly. Why do you think I took the fight? That's, that's, I, I, I know. So, good so why would
1: you? So why right. would you criticize? Why would you criticize Jessica McCaskill for winning those titles I'm not, against I'm not an Argentina her. when I, your I'm, fighter did exactly the same her. thing? When your fighter did a, exactly. I'm not. I, I
4: I'm not. Bad. I, I, said, I, I know. I but you guys are giving you, you guys are giving her a credit like like she's some kind of killer. So we shouldn't give kind of Mary
1: killer. McGee the credit for winning the IBF title against an Argentina fighter. I do because she's a champ. So I give Mary McGee the, t- the credit. You're
4: trying you're trying you're try, trying to twist stuff around. I, what I said was no, I just out come fact. over here whenever the point fighters come over here, whenever the Argentina fighters come over here, they get beat. When you okay. take them okay. out of their environment, they get beat. That's what I'm that, saying.
1: It, it, that's exactly true. And it happened with McCaskill with Farias and with uh, este, uh, whoever she be, Sanchez, and it happened with Mary McGee and Esteche. So you, can't, right, you not, can't, you can't, say, oh, it, it's only bad when McCaskill does it, but it's not good when McGee does it. Not not knocking so on McGee because I think fight. she's a great fighter. Not knocking on McGee because I think she's a great fighter and I think she deserves a fight against McCaskill and she deserves the fight against um against Breakhouse. If Breakhouse wants to do it, but you can't, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Either you either you accept McCaskill beating those Argentinian fighters as you do McGee, or you don't accept McGee.
4: I understand what you're saying. You're kind of missing my point. What I'm saying is, when even when Breckhouse fought over here, when she fought Kaylee, when she fought Kaylee for the first time, you guys can't tell me you think she looked good.
1: No, I mean Kaylee. Uh, Recent, I was at I was at that fight, and David was at that fight as well. And she did a great fight, and she did things, great, fight. great fight. And and Reese did. She she opened up our eyes to certain things. Um about Breakhouse and we and we we're going to ask her about that you know but but at the end i mean the judges whether it were right or wrong the, the judges still saw Breakhouse winning that fight you know does does Reece differ, deserve the 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 rematch i believe so i would love to see that fight again but you know better than i do cohen that um the politics and the business of boxing are two completely different things you know I understand
4: so that,
1: but... so uh, i would love to no, see really, the rematch Yep.
4: Brian's
3: doing his job sure. Brian's doing his job, he's a good manager Juan <laughs> in sure. him is my manager <laughs> And she should no, be doing no, no, that She really
2: should
4: You know no. when, whenever, whenever a quote unquote Undisputed champion gets on National TV in front of 1.5 million, puts a smile On her face, asks the crowd if they want a rematch And then won't return phone calls Text messages, emails, smoke signals Saxes, two way pages Or anything I mean, there's something to be said about her character. But,
1: but, they, but, Brian, you. let's 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 be honest here, Brian. Okay, let's be honest because you're trying to you're trying to put it on Cecilia, and you know that a lot of the times it's not Cecilia. It it could be Tom Loeffler. It could be Tom Loeffler who is protecting, who might say, you know what, that's not a fight that we want right now, right? I mean, I'm sure that you at one point or another, you know, just the way that you no. went and and got in Eddie Hearn's face uh, on the dais when they were presenting the fight between Christina Leonard Artu and Katie Taylor and you, and you put him on the spot you know you were protecting your fight and you were trying to do the best for your fighter I'm sure that maybe Tom Loeffler is trying to do the best for her and maybe at this point he doesn't feel but, that the fight against Reese is the best fight for her and he's protecting her to a certain point but you're trying to put it on Cecilia where she's not the one returning the cause or returning to Texas and but, I don't think that's fair
4: but Felipe, with all due respect to what you just said, how is that fair to the other fighters in the division, the other fighters that get in the gym and train every day, they get that, that, that don't eat certain foods, that get out on the road and work, that do two-a-days, that do three-a-days, and all she's doing is hogging up the belts.
1: Well, so how here's the thing. Fair? Brian, here's the thing, and this is one of the questions that I'm going to have for her, is where's the mandatories? Where's the sanctioning bodies? You guys are the ones I, paying I you, the I, sanctioning... I, I, can, I Where... can
4: tell you that. I, 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 and that's a great question, and that's why I love talking to you guys, because you guys are all boxing people. Every time Katie Reese or Layla McCarter is rated number one, the sanctioning bodies will say, oh, it's not this title this time. They're defending that title. And then whenever uh-huh. somebody is... It, so, so what they do is they play musical chairs with the sanction, with the with the number one contenders. That's what they
1: mm-hmm. do. Yeah, so, but that's... So, but, so the, but to so a certain point, TV we're, we're responsible for that. But to a certain point, us as boxing fans and you as being a boxing insider are responsible for that because we keep, you know, they keep paying the sanctioning fees to these to these sanctioning bodies without them setting up mandatories, the mandatories that we want to see. But they're still getting exactly. the sanctioning fees. And that's where we exactly. have... Somebody has to say no. Somebody has to say, hey, you know I, what? I want to find my mandatory or, or whatever the case may be. And if I don't get my mandatory, um, you know, I'm not going to pay the sanctioning fee. And, and whatever is going to happen is going to happen, you know, which I don't see that happening because most of the time the champions are handpicking who they want to fight anyways and making it the defenses. So it has to be somebody that's going to put their foot down and say, we want to see the mandatories. Who is that going to be? I don't know.
4: I totally listen. I totally agree with you. Made a valid point. Let me just say one more thing. The last when Katie Reese fought her in California the last time, you know we weren't going to pay the WBC sanctioning fee because they wanted us to use a different ounce of gloves. Our ten ounces. All the other sanctioned bodies required <laughs> eight ounces. She we listen. We didn't know we were going to fight for two hours before the fight because they paid us X amount of dollars to wear ten ounce gloves. Mm. So um, there's a lot of things that you guys don't know about Cecilia Bravo. But here,
1: but no, see again, you said that WBC is the one that requires that, and then you want to put it on Cecilia. That's not fair, Brian. What?
4: what, what hold on, hold on, hold on. Cecilia wasn't Cecilia wasn't going to go to fight
0: unless we were 10 rounds. No, well, she she, well,
1: was she trying to, to, didn't want to fight, and then WBC stepped in. Right. Yeah, but that's, right that's the thing is that she's trying to defend her title. You know she's paid. She's on, she's on HBO. She's on HBO. She has all the titles right there. She's trying to defend them, and she's trying to follow the rules that, that the WBC is asking yep. her to follow to defend her title. You can't <laughs> put it on her that she didn't want to fight because because she had to use ten <laughs> rounds. Ten <laughs> round right uh,
4: okay.
1: out. Ten Okay. Uh,
4: I'm going to give you another inside information. You know all they, right, made, they made a big thing about about you, you see a Riker training her for that fight. Did you see her in the corner? No. Okay, that's because Lucia Riker at the weigh-in told her in very explicit terms, "Exit, fight the fight with the eight ounces. That's when they called Jonathan Banks. He... So, that's why she Well, I mean, that's still,
1: but still, whatever Lucia Riker said, it doesn't change the fact that the WBC has a rule that states that she has to use 10-ounce gloves. And if she wants to defend well, her WBC title,
4: so she's going to leave her belt,
1: belt Okay, so w- Brian, what is, what, is, what is Cecilia's main identity in boxing? Is that she's an undisputed uh, welterweight champion. So if she doesn't defend right. that belt and they, and they and the strip her of it, she's not the undisputed champion anymore. She's a unified champion, right. but she's not the undisputed. So why is she going to let it go? Because Lucia Riker told her to fight an in-out glove? You wouldn't even do that either, <laughs> Brian. Come on.
4: Felipe, Felipe, Felipe. Hold on. Come on, So if you want to talk sanctions <laughs> and everything like that, why was she allowed? To, why? Why is she still the undisputed champion and fought one time last year? Why is that? Ask, Answer that question.
1: Ask, ask, ask the sanctioning bodies. They're the ones setting up the mandatories They're no, the no, ones no, setting no. up the defenses. You have to ask her because it seems like you're okay. no, that's her. So now, that now, is what after, no, I'm after, not. Why I'm she, not.
4: Why was she able to hold on To her titles in 2015 when she didn't you fight
1: know, at all? That is that is one of the questions that I have. But one thing that I want to say here, set clear here is that I'm not advocating for her, but I'm not going to allow you to come in here and try to put all the blame on her. When a lot of it's not on her. It's on the people behind her that deal with her career. Just like you protect your fighters and try to look for the best for your fighters, which you've done very, very well. There's people behind her that are trying to do the, the things for her too. And at the end of the day, I don't believe that it's her decision when it comes to things like that. And I think you know that, too, but I think you want to put I it don't. on that it's her, her decision.
4: I, I don't. And I, and I don't live in a fantasy world where there's, you know, gumdrops raining and white picket fences and people's hair don't move and <laughs> the wind blows.
1: I, I don't. don't either. I live in Tijuana, and, uh, and so there's, <laughs> there's nothing going on right, like that here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I just
4: think that I, it, it's not. It's not a. Um, it's not a dictatorship. In when you manage a fighter, it's, it's a democracy. I ask my fighters. We have discussions with my fighters. My fighters fight. If you notice, my fighters fight whoever, whenever, wherever. Okay, let you know me ask I mean? you
1: this, Brian. Let me ask you this. Uh, on that note, let's say that Mary, being the FBA champion, um wanted to make a decision where she would get stripped of the title. And you knowing, you knowing that the bigger opportunities for Mary McGee are with her in that IPS title. That is the way that she might get the unification fight with Jessica McCaskill. That might be the reason why she might get a, a fight with Cecilia Breitkhaus. And, and you, were tell, you were a good conscious advisor to get stripped of her title and not try to do whatever she can to keep it.
4: If she's taking a big money fight, if she's jumping up and weight, I don't understand the question.
1: Let's say, let's say that for for whatever reason they tell her she has to fight somebody. I don't even know who, and she doesn't want to fight him. And if she doesn't fight him, she gets stripped of the IBF title. Okay? Would you tell her not? And you could beat the girl that they're telling her to fight. For whatever reason, she doesn't want to fight her. Would you? Would you uh, advise her not to have that fight and get stripped?
4: Well, if, if she can beat the girl, why would I advise her not to fight the girl?
1: Maybe she doesn't want to fight her. Maybe maybe it's her best friend or whatever the case. I don't know. You know, maybe she just doesn't want to fight her. You know, maybe she doesn't oh, want okay. to go fight in, 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 in wherever the fight might be, in France or in, or in, or in you know, Canada this, this is, or wherever so, they might be. The, the,
4: no, I got you. This, but this is prize fighting. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. If the, if the purse makes her happy... If they're, if they're telling her to go to Tijuana or go to, to Brazil and fight for Seven Brand and she don't think she should, then, no, I don't think she should either.
1: But if it so doesn't then, make
4: dollars, it don't make sense, right? This is prize fighting, not
1: prize fighting. And, exa- and exactly. So so turning it around where Cecilia Breckles is told that she needs to fight with 10-ounce gloves to keep that WBC title, which by her keeping all the titles, she makes more money. She's going to ask to fight with 10-ounce gloves.
4: So so the, four, so the four other titles that she has means nothing, and the WBC
1: is everything, right? No, they do mean something, but they mean more when you got uh, all four of them or all five of them. Or, or, come on, Brian. Oh, Brian, uh, you know as much no. as I do that having all <laughs> no. the titles means more than just having three <laughs> of the four.
4: Come on. David, help me out with this guy. I think, I think he's, he's messing with the, the Don Julio over there. What's going on over there, Felipe? Come on. Come
0: on, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on
1: Brian. Come on. You know, having three of having all four means more than just having three. Come on, you would I'm love not, for one I'm of your friends
4: to have all, all four. But, but I'm not disputing that. And, and, and furthermore, I, I, and, and listen, in our contract it said eight ounce gloves, right? So mm-hmm. maybe, like you said, maybe it's Tom Lawler, maybe it's somebody that's handling her career that needs to, you know, maybe redefine print, and they wouldn't have to come out of the pocket for x amount of extra thousand dollars prior to that price. Well at least oh. i
1: mean you got pay- but you got paid at the end, so I mean it was what it was i mean i mean a WBC having that rule it is what it is. I don't agree with all the rules that w b c have and they try to change oh, it as so they no, go I don't. Do I. I don't you listen to the eighty three shows of this of this uh of this podcast and you you could i guarantee you that i mean I wouldn't say I'm the biggest critique of the w b c because David's up there with me too but
2: but right.
1: uh but there's a lot of things that we talk about the WBC not doing right one of the big things that i've seen in the last what was it was the last couple of years is them claiming that there's a rule in their in their contracts that a female fighter can weigh uh, a pound more over the limit Because if she's on her yep. uh, menstrual cycle Which okay. is not true I've seen, I've seen plenty of WBC uh, Sanctioned world title fights We asked Sean Cruz de On the show here if that was the case And she denied it So
4: no, well, that's actually, that actually—that actually is one of the rules. That's that's actually one of the rules. So I don't maybe Franchine needs to read the WBC rules a little bit better as well.
1: Well, I've, I've um, actually read the them. Rules. I've actually read them. So, I read them. No, no. And but
4: I've listen, been but in... listen to this, Felipe. Listen uh-huh. to this. Do you know that the WBC has different rules in the United States than they do in Europe? I didn't know that. Well,
1: that the, a... that, goes, that goes down. That probably goes down to the actual sanctioning body being there. As exactly. well, because you know, because I've been I've been in in, in actually the rule meetings for the WBC for world title fights, female world title fights, and that was never mentioned right. during the rule meeting. So, so we'll see. Right. All right, Brian, I'm gonna put you on hold. I'll put you on hold. We'll go back to the show. Thanks for calling in, and we'll call and we'll patch okay, you no, back in later ride. on. I, I All right, appreciate your time, Thanks, guys. Brian.
0: No problem, Brian. There you All go. Right, Bye, David. And, Bye, Brian. And there Bye. we are,
1: Brian yeah. Cohen. Brian Cohen, manager extraordinaire at Rhode Island East Coast, and we're still waiting for Missylya Brackhouse. Hopefully, uh, Brian Cohen didn't scare her away because we haven't uh, we haven't gotten the call. Yeah,
3: uh, she's having problems uh, calling. Uh, mm. number. We're going to try and get her right now.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't um, think uh, I can't. Uh, the system won't allow me to call out.
3: Can can you call
2: it? Oh, I think I can. Hold on. Uh, Okay, try it, Loopy. Because if I add a call,
1: I think you do a three-way. You could do it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you have the number to call in the show?
3: Yeah, I just sent it.
1: Okay, well there you have it, folks. Brian Cohen uh, asking us to ask uh, Miss Cecilia Brackhouse some questions, and we're
2: gonna we're gonna ask her. It says that the number cannot be completed as dialed unless I have to dial a zero before.
1: Yeah, because that's a weird number. Yeah.
3: Or maybe a one before that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try a, so much. Or a zero one. Actually, um, let's see here. Uh, so let's move on while while uh, David – well, I mean, I'm sorry. loopy is trying to uh, – trying to set up the uh, the call. Hopefully we get her in, because now I'm really excited to talk to Cecilia and ask her some questions. Uh, but let's move on. On uh, uh, Midway through March as well, it was actually made official where Alejandra La Tigre Jimenez was actually stripped by the WBO of her super middleweight title because she failed to comply for the show cause order uh, put forth by the WBO. And remember, Jimenez fought Francis Cruz Desern on January 10th and won a hotly contested decision. Later, it came out that she um, was positive for uh, an illegal substance. She asked for the be the be. Um, the B uh, sample to be open. That was also positive. The WBO stripter and reinstated French-Jean Cruz as their super middleweight champion, which was kind of expected, but the one that has not and has left the the title vacant is the WBC. David, you have been trying to get some answers on this story since it broke. Do you have anything uh, to add to to that?
3: No, it's been very disappointing to deal with the WBC. Uh, they say one thing and then they do another uh you know who knows they they have their own uh capricious rules and um you know and they're they're sticking to form which is no form at all
1: yeah i mean uh, uh one of the things is that uh that uh that they kind of like made her a champ I don't they made it a champion, something like that. Like I remember them mentioning, like when it barely came yeah, out, that they, they made her like a champion in recess, and they were gonna kind of like, yeah. like no, they were, they they actually said that they were gonna not recognize her as a champion, but they weren't gonna strip her. As yeah, they right said now it looks weird like,
2: like
1: that. Yeah, but as of right now, um, it looks like um, like it's vacant which is something that we spoke about in the last show, which I expected. I kind of expected WBO not, not to really um, put a lot of effort into it and actually go back and, and reinstate french Cruiser, Cruz's which is valid in my opinion. Um, but I also expected for the WBC to not actually give the title back to French-Jean Cruz's but to actually make it go vacant and set her up as a number one, Man, the number one seed or the ranked number one fighter, and now they would go and work, look for another fighter available to uh, fight Franchon for that vacant title, which I believe is going to happen as soon as boxing resumes. So, um, it looks like we're having a little bit of trouble getting in contact with uh, Miss Cecilia Breckhouse. Hopefully, we can get a hold of her or figure. Figure something out. So, um, it's not. uh... Okay, so David's on top of it. Let's move on to, um, as expected, um, the Clarissa Shields versus Ava DiCarey fight for the 154 pound WBC, WBO, and IBF titles have been postponed, but it, it was only postponed on March 25th. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen boxing for probably almost over a month. And it wasn't until March 25th that it was actually officially postponed. It was originally slated for May 9th in Flint, Michigan, and live on Showtime. Obviously, no new date as of now. And that was going to make it very interesting because uh, Shields was going to defend her WBC and WBO 154-pound titles, whereas Eva decarey, undefeated Canadian, was going to defend her IBF title. Loopy, what I find very interesting is that if Shields has this fight and defeats carry which I believe she will, she would hold, as of right now, officially, currently, she would hold seven titles. She has all four of them at middleweight, and she would have three at super welterweight, which I think is unprecedented in yeah. – in the world of boxing, male or female, but do you think it's fair? Like, one thing that Brian just mentioned minutes ago is that he feels that Cecilia is holding the welterweight titles hostage because she's not fighting the top-ranked fighters, so on and so forth. But do you think it's fair for one fighter to hold seven titles in two different divisions?
2: It's fair on it's unfair on one end, and it's very fair on the other. Some people's opinions, and, you know, i mean saying Cecilia, she hasn't, Fought, you know, the better, and she's holding on to him, and she's kind of holding him hostage. But you have Clarissa Shields, who, I mean, she's fighting every, she'll fight anybody. It's just, it's not her fault that they're not as good as that. That she's beaten them all. She's the Tiger Woods of boxing, you know. I mean, she's just beating everybody. I mean, Marie Eve de Care, that's gonna be a great fight. She's seven and zero. I mean, she's she's good. She's fought some per- people, and I mean, it'll be really good. Yeah, Clarissa's gonna take it, but it'll be a good fight.
1: Yeah, but I think that to a certain extent, I agree with Brian. Well, not not in the way that he mentioned it with Cecilia, because I don't think that it's up to Cecilia to, you know, it's up to the sanctioning bodies to. And in this case, as well as, as in Clarissa Shields' uh, um, case as well, is that it's up to the sanctioning bodies to say, hey, you know, Clarissa, you're great. You're, you know, one of the best fighters out there. If not the best right now, currently, it, that's up up to debate. But you know, you're obviously making a run at 154 pounds. You know, are you gonna are you gonna try to do a run at 160 anytime soon? So you could defend some of these titles. And if not, then why don't we do the next thing and leave them vacant and then have um you know somebody else fight for them? Because I think at this point, and then she could go back to um to 160 and beat whoever becomes the new world champion out there. We've, I, at least I have mentioned, it, and David fell through it. I think he's trying to uh, make the call with, um, with Cecilia. Um, so it's only you and I, Lupe. Um, okay. But one thing that I have mentioned uh, in the past is that, to me, pretty soon, probably in a couple years, and that's why maybe Clarissa yeah. is trying to you know, put her foot into the MMA world, is because pretty soon she's going to start running, running out of uh, opponents. Um yeah. but I think yeah. but I think that if she were to like say, okay, I'm gonna leave the, the I'm gonna leave the one sixty uh, belt vacant while I um look to do something as super welterweight. I mean I already captured all of them. I mean I'm the best middleweight that's ever lived as far as females are concerned. Um so I already I already captured all those. So I'm gonna go down to super welterweight and do whatever I'm gonna do there. Uh, let me patch in David again. One second. Okay. Hey David.
3: Hey. I'm on. Yeah, Any luck having with a the... problem? It's uh yeah, having problems trying to get him on through WhatsApp. Mm. And okay. uh, yeah, I've been trying various ways.
1: Okay, well we'll see if she could call in if she could get somebody's phone or, or something to that effect. If not, we'll leave it for our next show, which is scheduled. For April 16th, I'm sure that that we're going to have the time, and she's probably still going to be, unfortunately, in Big Bear and not back home in Norway, so hopefully we can figure out a way of getting her on the phone, because now things have been stirred up, and we do want to get some answers from her. But like I was saying, David, when you were gone, we were mentioning the fact that if once the Clarissa Shields and Ava carry fight goes down and Clarissa Shields ends up winning that fight, which I believe is going to happen, even though I do believe it's going to be a great fight against undefeated uh, IBF champion. Um, Clarissa Shields officially will be holding seven different titles in two divisions. So like we have mentioned on the show before, David, um, I believe that she's running out of a, a credible opponents. So in my advice, in my opinion, and what I think she should do, she should leave the vacant titles at 160, go down, unify the 154, which would be a fight against the Kerry and then a rematch against the WBO champion, in, um, which was a great fight against uh, Ana Gabriel's in Costa Rica, and then once she does that, she will have a new set of opponents at 160, because those titles are going to be fought for, and just to give you the top 10 at 160, it's going to be, well, not including Shields, because she's ranked number one by BoxRec, and I'm only going by BoxRec. Um, Christina Hammer, so do we want to see that rematch? Not really, but I mean, it'll be there. Tori Nelson, which she already fought as well. It'll be there. Maricela Cornejo, an upward and comer Now, this is when the, when, wow, that's a weird, that's a Ranked number five by BoxRick, and we know it's an algorithm, but it's a it's a, a young woman by the name of uh, Tessa Tualevao who's actually one in six, and she's ranked number five right now by BoxRick. Really? Number yeah, that's crazy, and she's ranked over number six, Laetitia L- Robinson, who is sixteen and one. Um, Trish,
2: hey, yeah. Hey, has anybody outwardly said that they wanted any of those belts from Clarissa? Like, hey, I want to fight for that. Why does she have it? Has, has anyone been vocal about it? Nobody's
1: ever. Who's called Clarissa Shields that? Except Layla Ali.
2: Raquel Miller? Layla Ali? Raquel Miller?
1: Mm, I don't know if Raquel Miller has actually called her out, like, specifically to say, I want to fight her next. She just said, I want to fight her eventually. But I don't think she has specifically said, hey, I want a shot at Clarissa Shields. I I I can't specifically remember her saying that. Maybe you guys do, but I don't. Yeah, I think she
2: has. I think she wants. Well, that's.
1: But what I'm saying is, like, why don't we have these other women fight for 160? Shields does what she's gonna do at 154. Maybe catch weight at 150, 152, or whatever to get a clear. Uh, Cecilia Breakhouse fight and then go back up to 160 and do what she needs to do at 160 and maybe even go back to 168 and have that rematch with French Sean Cruz, which would be a bigger fight now than when Mm -hmm. it was in their pro debuts, because Cruz has built up her name. Maybe if Alejandra Jimenez comes off suspension, have a fight against her, maybe uh, Mm -hmm. Cederus, uh, maybe um, uh, Napoleon, but yeah, why you don't do we, get
2: more. You get more fighters in the mix. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, we let these. We let these women become world titles, start gaining a little bit of names for themselves. Instead yeah, of her holding yeah. seven titles at the same time. I mean, everybody knows how good she is and yeah. how important yeah. she is to the sport. You know. David.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely on that point.
1: Yeah. So. We'll see when the uh, when that fight gets rescheduled, which I think is going to be a good fight, a big fight for. Uh... Oh, actually, oh. we got Bernie. I got Bernie Barron calling me on okay, my WhatsApp. Good. Go. Let me let me see what's going on there. Go ahead and talk about something, guys.
3: Yeah, one of the Hey, Bernie.
1: Yeah.
3: A... Yeah, but the
4: oh.
1: thing is, is that we the system.
3: Yeah, we're having a, a, for the listeners, we're having a, a problem linking in through WhatsApp.
1: Through WhatsApp, you can't call the number? Because I think you could call the number for the show. Because we're not allowed to call out.
2: Hey, but David, okay. you yes. got to admit, 2020 was starting out with a bang. And then all of, you know, the coronavirus like, okay, no really problem. just put a stop to everything. I mean, we're talking everything. But if we're just talking female boxing, it was... Headed in. The, I mean, it came out with um, Napoleon and uh, Aaron fight. I mean, it was. It you know, it set a great tone for 2020. We had all these great fights lined up. It's too bad, you know, this happened for more reasons yeah, than just boxing. But if we just talk about boxing,
3: yeah, it it sure They put a cramp in everything, It's uh all of the the entire sports world. I mean, mm-hmm. But but like you said, the female boxing world was really oh, let me, let me in the, see the right direction.
2: direction. I know. Came out with a bang, and now and, I'm homeschooling.
3: Uh, well, now they're I, I I'm not sure if I'm correct, but they said something about all those Olympic mm. hopefuls in boxing okay. are okay. going to retain their status. Hello, hello, Celia, How you doing? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 2021. So that's actually pretty good. All right, let me, let me see if we can start, make this
1: work it. and let me see if I can put you up to yeah, the mic and see if we, what kind of uh, audio we could get off it. Okay, give me one second. Okay, here we go. Hey, David, uh, Lupe. Yes. yes. Yeah. We actually have Cecilia on the line. They're calling on to my, my phone and uh, I'm going to put her on here, see if we could uh, get some good audio off it. Uh, Cecilia, go ahead and, and uh, say hi to David and Lupi for us to see if we can, uh, if they can hear you. Yes.
2: Yeah. Hello, guys. How are you? Very oh, good. Hi. hi. We can hear you.
1: Okay, perfect. Okay, Cecilia, well, let me give you uh, uh, a proper introduction. With us on the line now, and we want to thank her publicist, uh, the great Bernie Barmacel for uh setting it up is the undefeated, unified and undisputed welterweight champion, another than the first lady, Miss Cecilia Breakhouse. And with that said, we want to welcome you to the two minute round, your hooks and jacks look at the female boxing world. And I'm gonna pass the baton to Mr. David Avila. David, go right ahead.
3: Cecilia uh hi, how are you? Can you hear me?
1: Actually she can't she can't hear you because um you guys can't hear David because uh, it could only be heard through the through the computer through the through the show.
3: So oh, so maybe please, you better take over the questionings. interview? Say again. Say again,
1: Bernie. Go, go ahead and conduct the interview. Okay, so I'll go ahead and, and um, David, go ahead and uh, you go ahead and ask me the question. I'll ask uh, Cecilia.
3: Okay. Well, for my first question would be well, how long has she been in Big Bear?
1: Cecilia, how long have you been in, in Big Bear training with Mr. Abel Sanchez for this camp? Um, I came here at
0: the end of January and uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's been a couple of months now but I'm not complaining it's not the worst place you can be under this uh, circumstances um, you know, it's peaceful up here, there's not a lot of uh, people and also the the
3: Nature and the mountains reminds me of home. Hmm. And, uh, my my second question is um. Well, first let me give a background to the people around the uh, the world because we have listeners from all over. Big Bear is a mountain resort uh, in San Bernardino County, which is about 60 miles east of Los Angeles in California, and it's one of the few places in Southern California where it snows because it's about 12,000 feet in elevation. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just the background. And then um, uh, my other question is, how many times have you been in Big Bear before?
1: Before this uh, January and being in Big Bear, uh, Cecilia, how many times before have you been there? Only one
0: time. Before my last fight in Monaco, um, I was, uh, that was the first time uh, ever uh, training with Abel Sanchez. <laughs> And also training up here uh, on such high uh, altitude, so um, that was uh, against the
3: uh, of course, in uh, in Monaco. And uh, my next question is: um, Now that Abel Sanchez is training uh, you, uh, and is he teaching you the Mexican style?
1: Now in this second camp with Abel, uh, Cecilia. David wants to know, is he teaching you more of the Mexican style? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean,
0: we all know uh, Abel's style and what he wants to do with his fighters. Um, so I am, um, of course I am I uh fights like Golovkin uh, uh, or, or. Go ahead. I change my style. I Completely. I still have a lot of um, uh, a lot of skills uh, so, so he is basically taking. He's just adding on to um, what I already got and making uh, making me better. So I, I would say he's just making my art bigger and definitely uh, a more aggressive fighter uh, because he knows I got it in me and he, and I I also believe that I have that, that in me being. Uh, going from only being this uh, um, this uh, fighter who can be uh, who are very technical, but has a chance to to knock out and stop the
3: opponent, to to be a more um, aggressive fighter looking for the knockouts uh, uh, in every round. Hmm. And is it has it posed any kind of confusion? Uh, did you did you feel any confusion in your first fight?
1: Now, did it? David wants to know: Did it pose any type of confusion in your first fight with Abel, as far as what he was trying to teach you in the gym, and actually uh, being able to put it onto uh, the ring? We know
0: that uh, um, you you cannot change a boxer in a couple of months. There were some some things I was able to get out in the first fight, but I think uh, my next fight and my fight after that is where we will see uh, more of Abel's input.
3: And um, your next schedule to fight, Jessica McCaskill. Uh, what's going on behind the scenes in that? Is there any updates?
1: Now you're scheduled to fight Jessica McCaskill. Obviously, it was postponed, but are there any um, behind-the-scenes updates as far as when that fight might be held? No, uh, it's
0: not. Uh, we, are all in the, we are all in the same boat here. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just taking it day for day.
3: And uh, for my last question, um, Jessica uh, is a very aggressive fighter. She's actually part Mexican, and she does have a Mexican style. Uh, with you being under Abel Sanchez and Jessica having her own Mexican style, do you perceive this next fight with her to be one of the uh, classic Mexican war?
1: Now, your next fight, obviously, is against Jessica McCaskill. She's actually half Mexican and does have an aggressive Mexican style. And with you being with Abel Sanchez, do you predict for this fight to be a classic Mexican war, Mexican-style fight? I know it's going to be a firework of a fight because
0: uh, we know that uh, Jessica McCaskill will come with everything she has. And she always does that in every fight. And uh, um, this will be uh, none the different. But we have a good uh, strategy in place. Uh, We know she will push from uh, uh, the first second. Uh, But I think um, with me having uh, some new, um, you know, uh, tricks up my sleeve and uh, also with everything that. all the skills I have
3: before, I'm pretty sure uh, I will go victorious uh, out of this fight, too. But uh, it's not going to be an easy fight at all. It's going to be a firework. It's going to be very entertaining. Okay. Uh, I guess uh, I'll
1: leave it to Lupe. Okay. Cecilia, real quick, just wanted to – David's done with his set of questions. Now we're going to pass it on to Lupe, who's going to have a couple questions for you, okay? Okay, go ahead, Lupi.
2: Okay, Felipe. Um, so Cecilia is sparring one of our Beautiful Brawlers members, Jessica Guerra at Big Bear. So she's Jessica's a highlighted fighter for 2024 Olympics in the 152, 155, and it's hard for her to get a, a match because nobody wants a fighter. But my question to Cecilia is when she spars Jessica, do you see her as a 16-year-old amateur or is she getting the work she needs?
1: Now, uh, Cecilia Lupi Gutierrez, our co-host here, she's part of the Beautiful Brawlers um, um, organization out of the Northern California, and you're actually sparring one of the members of their team in Jessica Guerra, who is a 16-year-old, 152, 154-pounder, and her question is, when you spar Jessica Guerra, do you see her as a 16-year-old, or do you think she's more advanced than that? She has a lot, of, a lot, to offer for
0: sure. Um, she is a very, um, she's a very strong, tough, and hungry sports um, uh, partner, and uh, that's what I need right now. I need spice partners that are, uh, they have the same mentality as uh, Jessica Mikelski You know, they want to come in the ring and they just want to go at it. So, uh, um, I like what Jessica brings from. The first round, she just, she just wants to come
2: and she wants to perform and she wants to push me. She has to, um, uh, she's very motivated to come and show what she's good for. So um, uh, I'm enjoying having her in camp very much. That's great. And um, my next question is, uh, recently she was out with Leila Lee, and everybody it was all over social media cause, because in certain circles they are considered boxing royalty. So what did they talk about?
1: Uh, Lupe mentioned that recently you were seen in social media and you were together with Leila Ali and there was a lot of controversy with some of the things that were mentioned uh, with that meeting. What were some of the things that you and uh, Leila Ali spoke about?
0: from Norway and uh, had a couple of days to uh, to relax before heading up to Big Bear. And we talked about, you know, we have been in this game before women was even allowed to go to the Olympics and, and to, um, uh, to the women's boxing team today. How things have changed, how from, day, from night to day we had so much to talk about, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to know that, um, you know, Leila and I never got experience uh, the weight that women boxing or riding are riding on now, but I just want her uh, to know with all the women that came before that, None of this could have happened without that. No, no nothing. None of this. The women would not, not be allowed to go to Olympics. We would not be fighting on television stations. We would not sell out arenas. It was for all the women who never had a chance to do that, but still went to work every day just for the love of boxing. It's
2: great. How they honor the, um, the pioneers and they are themselves are pioneers. Um, Felipe, if m- my question is regarding to um, her childhood, so she, mm-hmm. I, we know she was in an orphanage for two years. My question is, um, if she can tell us a little bit about that. But really, the question is, how does she wrap her head around the fact that out of all those kids, she was chosen? And you know, she grows up. Look at her now. And how does she process that throughout the years?
1: Cecilia uh, Lupis. Marcus- yeah Cecile Lupi's next question is a little bit about your childhood. you know we all know your story about you know being originally from Colombia and finding your way with your brother to Norway and growing up your couple of years in an, in an orphanage. Um, her question is, you know how do you wrap how do you process the fact that you know you were chosen by by your family you know and 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 raised a certain way that now you are, you know, in this stage of your life, which, you know, you're considered one of the best female fighters, if not the currently best female fighter in the world, um, coming from where you started your life from. So how, how do you process that in, in your head throughout the years? Well, I uh, think I just have a
0: little bit uh, another perspective on, on things. Uh, a lot of people say things. A lot of things for granted, you know. That I could have been on the streets in Colombia, growing up there with absolutely nothing. Instead, I grew up in Norway having everything. I think I can go through life just appreciate um, everything: clean water, clean air, uh, clean nature, um, <laughs> water, clean water. I, uh, I, uh, I. Also, I'm very happy about being able to do what I love the most right now. And uh, and that's uh, that's doing my boxing and my sport and all my other projects.
1: Uh, I'm doing something.
0: I'm just uh, happy every day right now, you know, because I know things could have looked very, very, very different. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. One last question, Felipe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: 36 fights. Okay. 36 fights.
1: Who's her toughest fight? I didn't catch the last part, Lupe. What was it? It kind of broke up. 36 fights and Um, what else?
2: Yeah, it's my last question. 36 fights. Who was her toughest fight?
1: Out of your 36 current fights, Cecilia, this is Lupe's last question. Um, Which one's your toughest fight to date out of those 36? I think um, my toughest
0: fight and the one I was train the hardest
1: Questions. Lupe says, "Thank you, Cecilia. I have a couple of questions uh, before we let you go. Um, now, you mentioned that you you arrived to Big Bear in Jan- at the end of January for this camp. Obviously, the fight has been postponed. We don't know when the date is. So, when did you guys ramp down the intensity uh, of camp? Like, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? I'm 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 gonna guess that you guys are not going as hard as you were two weeks ago." not knowing when the fight's actually going to be held. Three weeks ago, we actually had your opponent or your next opponent, Jessica McCaskill, on the show, and she revealed to us that the fight is going to be held at a catch weight of 145 pounds. Have you ever made that weight before for a fight? And how tough would it, is it going to be for you to make that weight if not? <laughs> well, um, it's a while since I was
0: that weight, <laughs> but I'm going to look at it.
1: To 145 is more of an advantage for McCaskill than it is for you?
0: Um, well, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, you know. I, we can speculate, but uh, I, I, um, I think it should be fine. Uh, like I say, I'm not a big walk away, so uh, it should be fine. Um, we both have a little bit more. She has more time now to gain weight, and I have more time now to. to lose my (laughs) weight. So, um, yeah, no, uh, it shouldn't
1: be a problem at all. Now, another fight that obviously first got to get through Jessica McCaskill, but another fight that has been circling around your name has been a mega fight with Clarissa Shields. Now, she has mentioned that she has gone down two divisions from 168 to 154 to try to get closer to your weight of 147, but she has said it more than once that she doesn't think that she can make any less than 154 and now expects you, if you're interested in the fight, to go up to 154. Is that something that you would even consider at this point in your career to go up to 154?
0: Well, the thing is, it doesn't really matter what the weight and what Clarissa shield says on Twitter. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, we talked to Showtime and uh, their offer was actually the third best offer uh, I received at that time. The song was the best. I had another offer from Norway, which was the second best, and Showtime was the third best offer. So I'm not going to go down in uh, salaries to fight um, uh, Shields. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, that's obvious. So um, it, what, what she says in it, and you know she she can go off on me on Twitter as much as, as she wants. This is all about the uh, the, the financial part. If she wants, if she really really wants this fight, she has to go back to her bosses at Showtime and uh, you know tell them you know I need this fight and you need to um, put the money there for uh, uh, for me to make this fight because right now I am. Uh, currently with you uh, as you know and I have um, some big fights uh, ahead of me and uh, I think we can, um, the next fight uh, with uh, uh, Kate Taylor, Serrano I think uh, we can uh, um, we can break some class ceilings when it comes to uh, women's salary and I'm very excited about
1: that mm, mm. now Mentioning the other fighters that you... Mentioning the fighters you just mentioned that are with the zone, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Obviously, with the win over Jessica McCaskill, would you... Would you be open to staying at that catchweight of 145 to make the Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano's fights? Or are you willing to even go even lower to possibly entice them even more to get in the ring with you?
0: Oh, yeah, no, Definitely. Before, uh, uh, I'm willing to go uh, I'm willing to uh, negotiate you have to, mm. uh, you have to understand the fight if everything goes at with against the Kelsey a fight against Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor it's going to be it's going to be huge Katie Taylor if it would be Katie Taylor it would be uh, uh, on a global scale the biggest women's fight no doubt uh, about that and the fight against uh, Amanda Serrano would be uh, would also be uh, huge so uh, not only when it comes to how many people who can see it and and are able to see it all uh, worldwide but also it will be a good financial uh, um, I think it will be a big financial jump for both for for all of the the ones involved which um, um
1: yeah, which, which is very much needed right now for women's boxers. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Cecilia. You know, one one big critique that female boxing has from a lot of fans, and I include myself as one of them, is the lack of mandatories. You know, the, a lot of these sanctioning bodies don't go out and actually put out who their number one ranked fighter is and who is the official mandatory. You, being the world champion of the four major boxing sanctioning bodies, when is the last time that you were actually ordered by any of them to face a mandatory fighter? Do you remember?
0: Oh, yeah. I had a lot of mandatory. Uh, Bustos was mandatory. Uh, Clara Swenson Swin- was uh, mandatory. I wonder if uh, I don't remember that, but Bustos and uh, Clara Swenson both was uh, mandatory for sure. Uh... So, um, yeah, and I had a couple more uh, mandatory too. I'm sorry I cannot uh, tell you that uh, <laughs> on, on the spot right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had, uh, I had a couple ones. I think I'm the female fighter. was definitely had the most mandatory.
1: And now my last question On that note, and you already mentioned, you know, your dance card. I mean, you got McCaskill. You have a possible Taylor fight. You have a possible Amanda Serrano fight. If Shields could go to Showtime and get him to put up the money, there might be a possible Clarissa Shields fight. But your mandatory for quite a while on the IBF has has been Layla MacArthur. Before you retire, whether it be in a year and a half, two years, or whatever the case may be, do we see you in the ring with Laila MacArthur? Uh,
0: well, we have actually uh, been in discussion with her. We could not come to any agreement financially at all. So uh, that has been, uh, from our point of view, it has been something we, could, uh, uh, we, we can continue discussing that. Her uh, <laughs> financial, uh, she was asking for uh, way too much so um, yeah, so so
1: we had to move on. Was that after the HBO fight, or the, was that the last time you guys touched the subject?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think that was before the the last HBO fight. If I'm not, uh, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, cool. We have uh, been in discussion with her several times. The first time was actually when I was. Uh, um a new uh, fighter with sauland promotion um we were discussing no i my um promoter uh con uh, Sauerland and uh, hagen during who was um um breaker at that time were uh, negotiating with their with their team and uh, could not come to any uh, agreement and we have um uh, i think we have discussed been in contact with her three, four times altogether over the years and we uh, have not been able to put
1: something in place. Well Cecilia we want to thank you for taking the time and going through the effort with you, with your publicist Bernie, which we thank also Um, you know, there was a little bit of trouble getting in contact, but you know we thank you for your time, we wish you all the luck in the world and we hope to hear from you uh, fairly soon when the fight uh, gets actually uh, a new date. Have a good night. Thank you so much Thank you Thank you Cecilia Thank you Bernie And there you have it folks Miss Cecilia break The first time That we actually have to conduct An interview That way um, But we got some answers uh, David any thoughts
3: uh, Yeah some interesting things That she said uh, Basically uh, She does have a murderer's role anyway To go through uh, McCaskill Then Taylor Then Uh, Amanda Serrano, who's the new one, uh, added in. All those are million-dollar fights. Well, at least one of them has to be a million-dollar fight for both fighters, not just one. But uh, it looks like that's what she's going after. I mean, she did mention that she wants to uh, also elevate women's boxing to a new platform, a high platform. That'll do it. That will do it. And, uh, you know, hopefully some of the other fighters like – Wees get her due um, As Brian said I, I know he's pitching for her He's doing his job mm-hmm. And uh, trying to get her to fight uh, That would be good to see too Her get back in there and, Or maybe fight one of those other girls too Who knows
1: Now I'm going to ask Lupe first And then I want your, advice, uh, your opinion David On my next question But the fact that she's going down on a catchweight at 145, she she didn't mention another lower number because she's very smart. She's not going to go on the record saying, I'm willing to go down to this weight without actually negotiating. But she did mention, I'm open to negotiation. Do you think that kind of takes away some of the stigma that Brian Cohen was mentioning at the top of the show that she's only fighting smaller fighters? I mean, she is kind of putting herself in some way of a disadvantage going down to a lower weight to match them. closer in size or do you think that doesn't matter loopy
2: and it it does matter i mean yeah i mean she can say it i mean but for her i mean it it is a business and she's playing chess so so will she do it i mean she she's had this long beautiful career how does she want to end it you know on a business note i mean she doesn't want to get hurt so you
1: know david what do you think
2: Uh,
3: I think, um, I think when she mentioned that she is a small welterweight, it's one of the things that I actually saw when she fought against Kelly Reese, Mm -hmm. um, she did look very, she looked much thinner. Uh, and uh, I remember thinking that, that she looked, even though they both, you know, came in basically welterweight, she looked much uh, smaller. She has a Mm -hmm. smaller frame. She's a little more petite. Um yeah, I think she can make that weight, you know? She, she may be able to make 140.
1: She's just tall kind of for the weight, you know? And I think that's yeah, like cuz exactly. she like I agree with you, like she doesn't have like a big frame or she doesn't look very heavy. It doesn't look like she she gains a lot of weight after the weigh-in. Um and mm-hmm. she did I agree with you, she did look uh uh smaller than Reese and Reese ended up hurting her cuz I think Reese dropped her in that fight, right? Uh, yeah uh, yeah Yeah. Um yeah, great interview. I, I I really liked it. I think that she she's very eloquent and she's very classy, you know, which is something that it's I like classy. about her. You know, she's she she's a she's a pro. You know, she knows how to answer every question. Does she dance around the subject? Maybe, but but you know who doesn't? Nobody ever nobody ever says exactly um Everything that they that they should be saying because they obviously, like Lupi said, they have to protect their interests and 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 it's it's a it's a business, you know, and we all know that. So um, yes. I do believe that she's very eloquent. She's very classy. We only got five minutes to go, so let me go real quick through the the rest of the news that we have here uh, because I do have one more question for you guys. But uh, a couple of days ago, it was announced that the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame induction for 2020 has been postponed to June of 2021. So we are going to wait a whole year to see the historic induction of Christy Martin and Lucille Riker going into the International League Boxing Hall of Fame Canastota, uh, New York. But they're not going to be the only ones, which kind of takes it away from them, because they're going to have two other females that are going to be inducted in the class of, of 2021, which is going to be announced in December, and who David and I uh and a lot of other people uh get to vote for us. so so we'll be waiting for that ballot in uh in um uh, in December. Also uh in more details of Shields, um she revealed a couple of days ago an exchange of private exchange that she had with Leila Ali over social media. She sent Shields said that she sent a uh a private message to Ali, uh, Ali, and Ali ended up responding months later, and she said, and I quote, these are Layla Ali's words to Clarissa Shields in a private message on social media, and I quote, um, you're a real punk, talking all that shit publicly, but trying to make nice in private, and Shields took offense to that, and um, obviously that only um, stoked the fire even more between them. Is the fight going to happen? Who knows? Both of them are asking for millions and millions of dollars. Actually, Cecilia opened her eyes right now where she mentioned that she had three different um, offers for her next fight where the one that against McCaskill was the best offer. Offer number two was in Norway and offer number three was from Showtime against Clarissa Shields. So I don't think it was millions of dollars, and I don't think she's getting paid. She's getting paid millions of dollars to face Jessica McCaskill right now. So, where would the money for uh, Shields against Ali come from um, if they can't make even uh, the second or first best offer to Cecilia Breakhouse? breakout you know. So, who knows? Um, yesterday, Sanford Promotions out of Mexico. President Fernando Beltran um, hopes announced that he hopes to resume activities in June. No, wor- no word yet on the Mariana Juarez against Jackie Nava fight originally slated for May 9th. Um, it hasn't been officially postponed, but Nava has gone on record to say publicly that it's not going to happen on May 9th and that um, hopefully it happens soon. Hopefully it's one of the fights that gets scheduled in June if action does resume for Sanford in that month. And lastly, Yesterday, also, it was announced another fight that was supposed to happen on May 2nd. Uh, Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano has been postponed until July 4th in Manchester, England. Hopefully, that fight does go down on July 4th if everything gets uh, fixed by then. But Taylor has gone to say that not only are her four titles on the line for the lightweight division, but also the number one spot pound-for-pound In that fight between her and Amanda Serrano Lupe, do you think the winner of that fight is crowned the number one female fighter in the world? Taylor and Amanda? The winner of that fight. Is is the winner of that fight number one?
2: Why not? I mean, it's one of the best, it'll be one of the best fights. Um, Is it number one? Mm, It's up there. It's up there. And I think. Why not give it number one?
3: It's going to be a great fight. David, uh, That's a hard one for me. I mean, I, I think it's a great fight. I think uh, – I still don't think it's for number one. Wow. I, I th- still say Clarissa Shields and Layla McCarter are, are the number one, uh, wow. one and two.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, we got very Thank short time. I wanna, I wanna dig into this subject so bad, but we're running out of time. <laughs> but I say, I say it is the number one because Layla McCarthy is a different. It's a different. Lela McCarthy is different for different reasons. But, but Carissa Shields has never faced a fighter like Katie Taylor in that, in, in that skills with that skill set and at that level, or has she ever faced an Amanda Serrano as a pro fighter? Has she accomplished a lot? Yes, she has. We talked about it a couple of minutes ago. But has she faced a fighter of that caliber, of a Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano, as a pro fighter? The one that came the closest was um, not even in caliber of, 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 uh, of skill, but as far as accomplishments, undefeated WBC middleweight champion in Christina Hammer. But as far as skill and talent... And maybe accomplishment? No way has Clarissa Shields failed the Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano. So I do believe it's for the number one. Uh, We can discuss it. We're running out of time, David. Sorry to cut you off. April 16th. (laughs) Get your notes ready. April 16th. April 16th is our next show. Get your notes ready. That's going to be the first topic we discuss on April 16th. We want to thank you all for being with us. Thank you, Cecilia Breakhouse. Thank you, Brian Cohen. Thank you all.
3: Thank you. Bye. Bye, Libby.
1: Bye.